My name's Sarah, for those of you who don't know me. I'm on the team here at St. Mungo's. Um, <laughs> God's good. Woo. Okay, so uh, I'd like to start um, by sharing with you uh, some quotes, um, some quite sad quotes, actually, from children and young people. So we'll start with the first slide. Thank you. If I ran away, my parents wouldn't know. They don't say goodnight anymore. I wish I was as important as their phone. My mum's... My mum says, in a minute, and hours go by. This is why I yell and demand she forgets me. My parents are always busy or on their phone. Why am I here? Makes me want to leave. When I annoy my mum, it is because I want her attention. I don't get it any other way. My dog gets more attention. Dad said it is because the dog can't talk. So I stopped talking. These are some of the things children have shared with a trauma counsellor in the States. Children not being seen by their parents. And not being seen is a growing epidemic that is sweeping through the lives of our children and young people. And not only our children and young people, as adults, we also know and experience the reality of not being seen by others. And of course, I don't mean that people can't actually see us unless you have some superpower that I don't. I mean that even in the presence of others, we are unseen, we are missed, and we are overlooked. And in our evening services, we're looking at transformational encounters in the Bible that help us to get a better grasp of our identity, that help our identity as children of God to go down deeper and wider into our souls and our spirits and our hearts. And so this evening, we're going to look at a woman who had not been seen for a long time. She'd been bleeding for 12 years and went to touch Jesus's cloak for her healing. Let's read what happened. So we're going to read from Luke 8, 43 to 48. And I'm reading from, from the NLT. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? 
Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, Mark 5 also tells the woman's story. In fact, all the synoptic gospels do. So Matthew, Mark and Luke all tell this story. And Mark helpfully gives us some information, uh, which, is, which I think is helpful for us to know this evening. So Mark 5.26 says this. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. So first things to note is that in the 12 years that she'd been bleeding, she had consulted many doctors in a bid to be healed for the bleeding to stop. Seemingly, she had endured an array of treatments, spent everything she had in a desperate attempt to be well. And it was all in vain. We're not only told that she was not healed, but her condition had got worse. No one could help her. And as I thought about this lady as a real person, not just a character in a story, I began to wonder, was she in pain? What, was, what did the pain look like? What did 12 years of bleeding look like? How was her life limited? And to make her situation even worse, her bleeding made her unclean. And she would remain unclean, ceremonially unclean, as long as the bleeding continued. And we know that from Leviticus 15, 25 to 27. So this meant that anything she touched, sat on, laid on, and anyone she touched would also be unclean. So for 12 years, it is likely that this woman had been untouched and avoided. It is likely that she lived on her own, away from others. It is likely that she had not been seen, and I mean really seen, beheld, looked upon, spent time with for a very long time. 12 years of living in a constant state of uncleanness. Can you imagine the shame, the despair, the discouragement, the loneliness? Can you imagine the hopes that had been shattered? Can you imagine not only was she moneyless, and I wondered where she lived and how she fed herself, but also the stigma that followed her being shunned by people everywhere she went for fear that they themselves would be made unclean. And Mark tells us that this woman had heard about Jesus and so desperately and probably very bravely 
She came to where he was. She pushed herself through the crowds to touch his cloak, believing that if she could touch his cloak, she would be healed. And we read uh, that the moment she touched his robe, she was healed. We're told that immediately the bleeding stopped. And Jesus knew that power had gone out from him. Now, the healing itself was transformational for the woman. We know that. We can see that her life was and would never be the same. It would be completely changed. She was healed. But in verses 45 to 47, we find another part of the, uh, this transformational encounter. And I just sensed that the Lord was wanting us to lean into this a little bit tonight. So verses 45, 46, and 47, who touched me, Jesus said. Someone deliberately touched me. I felt power leave me. And when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. Jesus stopped everything. He, the disciples, the crowd were all on the way to Jairus' daughter who was dying. And Jesus stopped and waited for whoever had touched him to reveal himself, to reveal themselves. So here's my confession about this story. Here's the bit that I've always glossed over in this story because I really didn't understand it. The woman was afraid, and that makes sense to me that she would be afraid because of the way she'd been treated, her experience for the past 12 years. So she was afraid. But what didn't make sense to me was why did Jesus wait on her to come forward? Why did he embarrass and humiliate her in front of all those people? She was already ashamed because of the bleeding. Why did he bring her out of hiding? This just didn't sound like the Jesus that I know and love. And of course, this is faulty thinking on my part. Faulty thinking on my part. And maybe I'm a bit slow on the uptake here, but I just couldn't figure it out until I went to Magnitude, the youth festival in the summer. And I heard a speaker made a passing comment and it suddenly dawned on me. It suddenly dawned on me. Jesus didn't call her out of hiding. He didn't bring her forward to humiliate and embarrass her. Of course he didn't. That's not who he is. He called her out so she knew she was seen. So she knew that he had seen her. So she knew that from that moment on, she no longer needed to hide in the shadows or on the edges because he, Jesus, had seen her. Mind blown. One of the names for Father God is El Roy. Elroy, which means the God who sees me. 
Hagar uses it in Genesis 16:13 when the angel of the Lord appeared to her in her distress and she calls God El Roy saying you are the God who sees me Jesus, the God who sees the woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years, draws her forward. And in doing so, he was saying, let me see you. Let me bring you into the light. Let me bring you out of the shadows. Let me affirm you. And we read he called a daughter. And he chose to do it publicly. Remember, uh, being touched by an unclean woman... He would have been ritually unclean. He broke the chains of shame and disgrace and rejection and hurt by waiting on her to come forward, by seeing her. It wasn't humiliating. It wasn't humiliating, Sarah. It was the most loving, kind, restoring, freeing and transforming act he could have done. And that's our Jesus. Amen. Amen. This is a miraculous healing. There is no doubt. No doubt. And... It's a miraculous, emotional, heart, mind, cognitive healing. Transformation of body, heart and soul. There's a neuroscientist, an American neuroscientist called Kurt Thompson. And he writes this. Each one of us comes into this world looking for someone looking for us. Each one of us comes into this world looking for someone, looking for us. We should never underestimate the power of being seen. And in South Africa, there's a Zulu word. I'm going to impress you now. There's a Zulu word called sawabona. I had to Google the pronunciation of it, the pronunciation of it, called sawabona, that people use to greet each other to say hello. Its meaning is so powerful. The word sawabona means I see you. When you greet somebody, I see you. It's literally translated, I see you, and by seeing you, I bring you into being. The power of being seen. And oh my goodness, the transformational power of being seen by Jesus. And as I was reading this story, the reason why I chose the account in Luke was because of the word hidden in verse 46. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden. When I read it, it felt like the word hidden was written in giant letters. It actually stopped me in my tracks. As I pondered this word, I began to see two types of hiddenness that the woman experienced. The hiddenness of being invisible and overlooked. Unseen. And also a chosen hiddenness 
for safety. Because she'd been shunned and looked down upon and humiliated. She had chosen hiddenness for safety. And I wonder this evening if, like the woman in our story, some of us are hidden in either of these ways. I wonder what causes you and I to be hidden. Do we feel unseen, forgotten, invisible, sidelined, looked over? Is that or has that been part of our story, part of our history? Does our heart cry, do you see me, Jesus? Is that our hiddenness? Or perhaps some of us have chosen to be hidden, made a commitment to not being seen, made a decision to be as small as we can because being seen is ridden with fear. Because being seen in our story has always resulted in being unsafe and unprotected. Gary Whittav Rongel says this about his story. I made a commitment to mediocrity so that I would never come into view. It was a commitment to invisibility. I will never be seen. I will never be humiliated. And perhaps for some of us, our story is that being seen has meant hurt, rejection, humiliation, emotional wounding. So we found safety in being, in being hidden. We found safety in playing it small, in not stretching our wings, in not stepping out in faith, in not letting our voice be heard. And actually, that's part of my childhood story. I committed to not being seen, although I probably wouldn't have phrased it like that until recently. I committed to staying out of the way as being as invisible as I could. Because if I stepped into being seen and I got something wrong, there was physical punishment for my dad. So for me, hiddenness was safe. Sometimes Jesus brings us to the point where we can no longer stay hidden. For the woman, Jesus' words, who touched me, brought her to the realization that she could not stay hidden. And for some of us, Jesus has brought us to the point where we can no longer stay hidden. Tonight, I believe there's an invitation from Jesus for us to not stay hidden. And I sensed his encouragement to take our courage and step out of hiding. Out of overlookedness and into his gaze. I sense his calling to step out of fearful hiding into the only safe place, his gaze and his presence. And I felt a desire to speak over your hiddenness and over your soul and over your spirit that he has not overlooked you. He has not forgotten about you. He has not given up on you and that hiddenness will no longer be your story. He is the God who sees you. He's the God who sees you. 
it's time to step out of hiding and into being seen. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that, it, the, that you drawing that woman out was the kindest, most loving, most affirming, most transformational thing you could have done for her. Thank you, Jesus, that in that moment you broke the chains of her hiddenness. And tonight, Lord Jesus, would you do that for us? Would you break the chains of our hiddenness? Would you bring us out of the shadows into your glorious light? Would invisibility and overlookedness be broken off us in the name of Jesus? Would fear be broken of us because it always was unsafe? Being seen was unsafe. Would, would fear be broken off us in Jesus' name? I speak to hiddenness and I break its hold over you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you see us. Thank you. Amen. Amen.